0: This episode is brought to you by Just Women's Sports. Only 4% of sports coverage is dedicated to women's sports. And Just Women's Sports is here to change that. For all the latest news in women's sports, go to JustWomenSports.com. And be sure to sign up for their excellent newsletter. Welcome to Legendary Bites, a podcast that we've dedicated to two things that we love, sports and brevity. I'm Charlie. And I'm Seth. Each episode, we're going to bring you a bite-sized sports story in 15 minutes or less that we find fascinating, important, or just absurd. With brevity in mind, let's get into it. Seth, what's up today?
1: Today, we're going to tell the story of a baseball player named Jackie. No, not Jackie Robinson, but rather Jackie Mitchell, the 17-year-old girl who struck out Babe Ruth. Everyone loves a good David vs. Goliath story.
0: Especially in sports.
1: Yes. So many of the best stories in sports have like a David vs. Goliath feel to them. And nothing quite compares to those do-you-believe-in-miracle moments. Uh, But what makes the story we're going to tell today, the story of Jackie Mitchell, so compelling is that her battle wasn't just against Goliath, but rather Goliath's.
0: That had an S on the end of it, so it's plural. It's plural. You see Jackie is perhaps the ultimate David. She's a 17-year-old girl who not only faced off against some of the biggest goliaths the sport of baseball has ever seen, but also faced off against the sport itself.
1: Much of the legend of Jackie Mitchell takes place on a single, sunny spring afternoon in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga, by the way. Is such a fun word to say. Chattanooga. Try it yourself at home. Chattanooga. So on April 2nd, 1931, uh, what must have felt like the entire town of Chattanooga is packed into the stands of their local double-A baseball club, the Chattanooga Lookouts. Everyone is there to see the matinee matchup between the Lookouts and the New York Yankees. Now, just saying this seems weird, so what's the deal, Charlie? Why are the Yankees playing the Chattanooga Lookouts?
0: The Yankees are on their way back from spring training in Sarasota. And at the time, it's sort of a regular thing in the offseason for professional teams or players to go on barnstorming tours, where they'd play amateur teams around the country, make a little bit of money, spread the game of baseball, probably have a few bevvies. Pretty normal.
1: Pretty normal. But, you know, it's Chattanooga, Tennessee, and these are the New York Yankees. So the question is, who convinced them to stop there? And it had to have been the lookout's owner, a man by the name of Joe Engel. Joe Angle pioneered the art of stunt marketing for minor league baseball.
0: What sorts of promotional things do you have coming up this season? We've got pancake night, clown makeup night. Get a live camel in here and just see what happens.
1: Charlie, you know how minor league teams use those goofy theme nights and attractions to sell tickets?
0: Do I ever. And one of my first stops after I'm vaccinated is going to Brooklyn Cyclones Seinfeld night out on Coney Island.
1: Yeah, you've got Joe Angle to thank for Seinfeld night and the Brian Williams Pants on Fire night that the Akron Rubber Ducks hosted, which was a thing. Look it up. I'm into that. All those uh, theme gimmicks and promotions are kind of thanks to Joe Angle. He owned the Chattanooga Lookouts during the Great Depression, so he did just about everything he could to generate buzz and sell some tickets. This included having players ride in on elephants. He raffled off cars and houses. He once traded a shortstop uh, for a turkey. The man was ahead of his time in many ways.
0: Sounds like a delicious transaction all in all. You know, any (laughs) team playing against another one that featured a turkey at shortstop might look like a Goliath. But this 31 Yankees team was the ultimate Goliath. Their roster is anchored with the leftovers of what was known as Murderer's Row, which, if you haven't picked up from the name, was basically the greatest hitting lineup baseball's ever seen. The 31 Yankees would go on to set the record for most runs ever in a season— and on this sunny afternoon, the sold-out crowd, the Yankees played their part as the evil Goliath early on. The game starts, and the lookout's first pitcher immediately gives up two quick hits to the first two Yankee batters, and boom, he's yanked from the game.
1: And at this point, the crowd is salivating. Their eyes are fixed on the next Yankee batter who's warming up uh, in the on-deck circle. And many, if not most, of the fans came to this mismatched matinee to see one of the sport's true giants step into the batter's box. On deck, with like a cartoonish tree-trunk-sized bat in his hands, waits none other than Babe Ruth.
0: The Sultan of SWAT! The King of Crash! The Colossus of Clout, Babe Ruth!
1: Now, the big fellow was used to the eyes of the crowd being on him. He had, at this point, 565 career home runs, which was the most ever at the time by a country mile. And as Ruth waits, kind of soaking in the fanfare, the eyes of the crowd shifted away from him and towards the new Chattanooga Lookouts pitcher. Even Babe Ruth had to take interest, as this was a sight no one in the ballpark, including him, had ever seen before. The next pitcher for the Lookouts is Jackie Mitchell. All five feet, five inches of her are walking towards the mound, and she's poised to become just the second woman ever to play professional baseball.
0: Before we go too much further, a bit of background on who Jackie was and how she gets to this
1: moment. Yeah, give us the old Mitchell report, the Jackie Mitchell report.
0: From the moment that Jackie could walk, her father took her down the old ball field near their house, teach her the base of the game. Strikes, outs, bunts, home runs, how to chew tobacco, probably not the last one. These are sort of the earliest words in her vocabulary.
1: Yeah, her father's penchant for the game was certainly a great start to her baseball career, but really some well-timed, almost cosmic luck played a part in Jackie's uh, unique baseball path.
0: That's right. Her next-door neighbor was none other than Dazzy Vance who was Dazzy Vance? He was not a disco DJ. He (laughs) was a major league baseball pitcher and a legendary one at that, and he is in the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown as we speak. In his career, Dazzy struck out over 2,000 batters, led the NL in strikeouts for seven straight years, and in 1920, sitting on the stoop of his house, Dazzy looks out and he sees something in Jackie as she plays in the street, even though she is only seven years old.
1: Despite Jackie's age and small stature, she did have one advantage, and that was that she was a lefty.
0: Yeah, little Jackie is a southpaw. Left-handed pitching was pretty rare at the time. So Dazzy knows teaching a 7-year-old girl how to throw a mean fastball probably isn't the best use of his teaching abilities. So instead, he teaches her what was then called a drop ball. Nowadays, pretty much call it a sinker. Essentially, the pitch travels straight as an arrow. Right as it gets to the plate, it drops. You know That's why they call it a drop ball. I'm sure you could figure that Mm. out. It can be a menacing pitch, and seven-year-old Jackie learns hers from the best. So armed with this one pitch, Jackie's playing professionally for a women's baseball team when the Yankees made their way to town in 1931. At this point, she is only
1: 17 years old. Jackie's pitching was impressive, and and while she was participating in a baseball clinic, she catches the eye of good old Joe Engel, the Chattanooga Lookouts owner. Engel sees in her not only his new left-handed relief pitcher, but also another way to sell some tickets, so he signs her to a contract.
0: It's front-page news, and most of those headlines have aged even worse than British tabloid headlines about Meghan Markle. The sold-out crowd is there to see the big, bad Yankees, but they're also there to see Jackie Mitchell roll out the drop ball.
1: As Jackie approaches the mound on that sunny April afternoon in 1931, the sold-out crowd in Chattanooga is buzzing. Her black curls spill out from her hat. The uniform she's wearing is baggy, and as she gets to the mound, she gives the crowd what they want, kind of a show. She pulls out a small makeup mirror and blots her nose with the pad. Uh, likely this was Engel's you know, sexist idea, but it's 1931, and this kind of joke is kind of a hit, so the crowd loves it. But after she puts her makeup mirror away, Jackie settles in. And so does the first batter she faces, Babe Ruth. Ruth tips his cap at her, and the game resumes.
0: It's helpful to remember that the emotions here are very real. You know, Jackie's legitimately good at baseball, but she's 17 years old, and she's pitching to the greatest hitter the planet has ever seen.
1: Yeah, definitely butterflies swarming in her stomach at this point. And with Ruth at the plate, Jackie winds up her left-handed kind of sidearm pitching motion and throws her first drop ball to the Babe. Uh, which misses for ball one.
0: Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
1: Ruth chuckles, and you have to imagine the crowd is just salivating, waiting for her to throw one right across the plate for Babe to smash into the Tennessee River. But as Jackie settles in for her second pitch, no one, not the crowd, not Joe Angle, and, and certainly not Babe Ruth could have expected what came next. Jackie winds up and throws her drop ball perfectly. Ruth swings and misses. Jackie winds up again, and Ruth swings and misses again. Now with two strikes against him, Babe Ruth digs in. The whole crowd of 4,000 people is collectively holding their breath as Jackie winds up. But this time, the ball sails right past Ruth. He doesn't even take the bat off his shoulder, and the umpire screams strike three. The crowd goes bananas as Ruth slams his bat down. David has struck out Goliath, looking.
0: So mission accomplished, right? Wrong, wrong. As the crowd (laughs) roars and Babe storms back to the dugout, watching from the on-deck circle, sizing up this peculiar left-handed, sidewinding drop-baller of an opponent is none other than Lou Gehrig, the Iron Horse. And Gehrig is another true Goliath. He's the original Yankee captain, and in 1931, he would break the record for most runs batted in a season with a mind-boggling 185, a record that has still not yet been broken
1: preposterous. So Gehrig is not one for fanfare. He's not the showman like you are, Charlie, or like Babe Ruth is. So with the crowd whipped into a frenzy, Gehrig digs into the batter's box ready for Jackie's best.
0: You're a great ball player, and i just like to say, you're standing on the tracks and the trains coming through, butt head.
1: But just as quickly as he stepped up to the plate, Gehrig is already on his way back to the dugout. He saw three pitches from Jackie Mitchell, he swung three times, and he missed three times. The roar from the crowd is deafening. Even as Jackie walked the next batter and was then pulled from the game, her teammates, the Yankees, the fans, everyone is just stunned and cheering. Jackie Mitchell, the ultimate David, strikes out two of the biggest Goliaths the sport has ever seen.
0: Wouldn't that be a nice way to wrap up the story?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: All right, Patrick, run the outro. Patrick? (laughs) All right, we can't find Patrick, so I guess we'll keep going. Jackie's battles against Goliaths aren't quite over. Following the game after she embarrasses Ruth and Gehrig, and Ruth, Gehrig, and Jackie pose for pictures, Jackie comes face to face with the ultimate Goliath, Major League Baseball. Not a lot of proof is really available about exactly how this went down, but as the story goes, Kennesaw Mountain Landis, then the commissioner of Major League Baseball, voids Jackie's contract with the Lookouts on the grounds that, quote, baseball was too strenuous for women.
1: Honestly, too strenuous? Women give birth. I think they can handle playing baseball.
0: And then some. Jackie, for her part, didn't let her ban from professional baseball or the ridiculously misogynistic media takes stop her from playing. She continued to pitch in independent and barnstorming leagues, played for famous teams like the House of David, which was one part religious cult and one part baseball team. There's a whole story there. Jackie eventually retires from baseball at the ripe old age of 23. She's sick of being a sideshow for every team she plays for. Everybody wanted to see the girl who struck out Babe Ruth and forced her to do gimmicks like her pulling out a makeup mirror over and over
1: again. In her own right, Jackie Mitchell was a trailblazer, helping lead the way for other women to make their mark on the sport. Women like Mammy Peanut Johnson, who was the first woman to pitch in the Negro Leagues, or Eerie Yoshida. Erie had a nasty knuckleball and became the first woman to play professionally in Japan. And up to today, with women like Justine Siegel, the first woman to coach professional baseball, and Kim Ng, who was recently named the Miami Marlins general manager, the first woman to hold the general manager position in any men's American sport. Now, there are many women who've had an impact on the sport, and there will certainly be many more.
0: To this day, there are still people out there who don't believe Jackie Mitchell really struck out the great Bambino and the Iron Horse. In my opinion, they're wrong and they're losers. Amen. But for the record, nobody involved, not Ruth, not Gehrig, not their teammates, not anyone ever indicated that it was a hoax or anything more than Jackie bringing it and getting the best of them.
1: It's hard to convince those who side with Goliaths. So we'll end with a quote from Jackie herself about striking out Ruth and Gehrig. She said this just before she died in 1987. Hell, Jackie said. Better hitters than them couldn't hit me. Why should they be any different? Like many great Davids who take down Goliaths, Jackie never viewed herself as one.
0: Thank you to our producer, Patrick Buddy, to Jesse Rose for his design talents, and to Dazzy Vance for teaching young Jackie the drop ball. Follow us on all things social at legendarybites underscore. That's at legendarybites underscore for a lot more interesting nuggets from each story. Do you have a great story idea? Shoot us an email at legendarybytes at gmail.com. We would actually really love to hear from you. And finally, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to get more great 15-minute stories on sports history and everything in between.